God bless you. Good to be here again tonight. God bless you all for coming out on a Wednesday when many have worked, many are tired, but our soul really doesn't get tired. Our soul always longs to be with the Lord. And so we override those things sometimes. God bless you. Nice to see Brother Max over there. Yeah. Um, we saw this, this brother on several videos over the last week and a half. From Trinidad, he was ministering. He was a great blessing. And we're grateful for the ministry of our Brother Max. God bless you. Good to have you back, Brother Max. Amen. Appreciate all the ministers. I appreciate Brother Andrew ministered on Sunday and Brother John. And every gift brings something different. And then if we can look and we can see the Lord, and you know, every, every gift brings its flesh and its ways and such, but if we can pull on the part of God that is in the gift, you'll be blessed. So we're looking forward to that tonight. Looking forward to hearing our brother Moses tonight. Also want to greet the Seratins, personal escorts for brother Max or whatever you call yourselves. I don't know. <laughs> God bless you. Welcome back. Amen. We have a couple of visitors here today. Our brother Kristen and sister Quinia Merritt got married earlier this year. They uh, moved from Ontario and uh, Anyway, Sister Cornell's um, parents are here, and I want to welcome them. And I, now that I, I realize I didn't even put your names down, but uh, here, I've got it right here. So I just want to welcome you, and they're here visiting from Toronto, and that's Brother Andrew and Gloria O'Brien. So God bless you. Welcome to the service tonight. Nice to have you here. Amen. We're, we're looking forward to the Lord just being in our midst. I also want to make mention... And Brother Jerry, thank you for your prayer and your heart. I believe we're living in a time when God is dealing with many hearts, and we want him to 
to do that. Uh, Sister Rachel Jackson, who attended here, has moved to Saskatchewan, but her husband Owen is in the hospital, and many of you that attended our prayer meetings would remember him and uh, just want to keep him in prayer. And uh, there's, he's in poor health in the, in the University of Alberta. I went to visit him on Monday, and uh, we want to remember him in prayer. Who knows what God can do? You know, all of these things, you know, Sister Cheryl McMillan has, her husband also has been sick. God can work with these things, and it's these moments we stop and we reflect on God. So I want to mention both of those needs, maybe somewhere when you're praying and you're praying for someone that God could come. We're not going to go home till the last seed comes in. And we're believing that God's going to do much more in the days to come. So we want to just remember that. If we still have that song up there as I invite our brother Moses to come. I also want to say this Sunday, it's a long weekend. We're going to have one service on Sunday only. So that Sunday morning, we'll just remember that. Let's just sing in, in uh, verse 2, please. King of all days. King of all days, oh so Precious Almighty Father, Lord, we want to tell you how great thou art, Father, how marvelous thou art. As the song has said, Father, we are here to worship you, Father, to worship you in the song, to worship you around the Word of God, to worship you, Father, Lord, as we recognize that you are our God. What a privilege to know that you are our God, Father. There is no other God, who, Father, who came down as a human being, Father, in order to be a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer to us, Father. Only you are the true God, Father. There is no other religion, Father, where the, the founder is of that religion has left an empty tomb. Only you, Father, Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you, Father, that you are so close to us, even this evening, Father. We can feel your presence already, Father, through the song service, through the prayer. Lord, we love you. We appreciate you. We thank you, Father. 
Lord, you know the needs among us, Father, this evening. May you go, Father, on each heart, behind every heart, go God, and meet every need, Father. Because you are Jehovah Jireh, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, the request has been made, Father, for our brother, Lord. May you touch him where he is, Lord. You are still a healer, Father. You are still the same yesterday, today, and forever. By your stripes, we are healed, Father. We are sending the word, Father, your Holy Spirit in his presence in that room, Lord. Because, God, you are the God of the impossible, Lord. Where we are limited, where the medicine is limited, God is unlimited. Lord, we give you the glory and the honor. Thank you for bringing back Brother Max and the Soretan family among us, Father. We thank you for using them, Father, on the other side. You are so great, Lord. You are so faithful. And let your name be glorified, Father. For the remainder of the service, may you put me aside. May you put each and every one of us aside. And let the word of God speak to our heart, Father. Whatever you have, we have need of, whatever our soul has need of, Father, to increase our faith, may you speak to our heart, Father, we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our lovely Lord. Amen. Amen. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ this evening. The regulars and the visitors, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. That's all the singing. God bless you richly. And bless you musicians as well. Thankful, Pastor, for that opportunity to speak to the bride of Jesus Christ. It's always a privilege to speak to the bride, amen? And we are not taking that lightly and pray that God will use that for, to draw us closer to him, amen? Just want to invite you to go to the word of God. As Pastor mentioned, we've been blessed by what God is speaking to our heart. I believe as well as a the series that the pastor is on and to know our position, our place is also important. And we thank God for that inspiration. And we just want to say, God, let it be done to us according to your word. John 10, 27, 28. So I'm thinking to minister on the other, uh, Pastor Zig. Uh, the thought came to my mind and I just wanted to Speak to it again, if you don't mind. John 10. Twenty-seven to thirty-eight. The Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life. And they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Think about those words. When he gives you eternal life, you can never perish as God can never perish. Neither shall any man pluck you out of God's hand. Once you are sealed, you are sealed until the final destination. No matter the circumstances, no matter the up and downs, that has nothing to do with God's destination, predestination, and God's election. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And I and my Father are one. 
Then the Jew took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, because that thou being a man, notice that, thou being a man, make thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I say, you are God's? If I call them God's unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say you of him whom the Father hath sanctified and said into the world thy blasphemous, because I said I am the Son of God. Why do you say I blaspheme because I say I am a Son of God? 37. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. Just want to draw your attention there. Those works that he's talking about that are not the works of um, charity or philanthropic works and uh, all the different nice good works and social works and all the different, that's not the works he's talking about. The works that he's talking about is talking about the work that was prophesied for his day according to the word of God. If he did not accomplish that, then, then you could deny him. But if he had accomplished what the word of God said about him, then you have to believe. May God bless his word and let you sit. Then I'll go to the Now listen to what John says after God the revelation of the words that Jesus Christ have said. And he said that in, in 1 John chapter 3. It says be 1 John chapter 3 and verse 1 to 3. Behold, what man of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Imagine if, if they had a struggle with what Jesus said, calling himself a son of God, and they almost stoned him for that. How much more could they think about if we say that we are the sons of God? That's why John, having that revelation, says, What man of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knew us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. That's the title I'm going to use this evening. Now are we the sons of God. And does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone that hath this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. May God help us. Just pray once again. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus Christ, as we fed my heart as well, reading those words, they might sound like boastful declaration and statement. Oh, Father, we just pray that you give us the humility of the heart and recognize, God, it's not us, oh God, and it's what you made us to be, Father. Forgive us, Father, Lord, if you want to say it in a way that 
is boastful or in a way that we look like we made ourselves something, Father, forgive us, Lord Jesus Christ. May you, the Holy Spirit, just come down and speak to our heart, Father, we pray. Help us, Lord, in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. I would like to talk a little bit about faith this evening because we can only have faith by knowing who we are. As I said, I will give this title now, We Are the Sons of God. And I believe the sisters are also including that when we say now we are sons of God. I believe that we are living in the age of the full adoption. It's the age of fully recognizing our sonship relationship with our, our Father, our Heavenly Father. It's the time where we have to know who we are. It's the time where we are living, not living only as, a, as, a, as, a, as a little children, but in the time where we have to live as mature sons of God. The message comes to bring us to the full maturity, to recognize as, as a full maturity, as a full sons and daughters of God. As you as a child, you can be a child, you can be a child, you can be born in a family, but as you are two years old, they don't give you the key for the car to drive. The father has to wait until you come to a certain age, you have a little bit of maturity, then he starts trusting in you, and start, then he can give you certain things. He makes you go through certain tests and through certain, through certain check, I would say, the checking, and until you show a bit of maturity, and then he's going to give you the key for who you are and what you, and what you can do with that, amen? And that's what the message of the hour comes to tell us. He's come to bring us to that level where God can trust us and have confidence in us and declare us. And once we recognize that, there's a point where as a child we can say, oh, this is my father, this is my mother, I'm, I'm this, I am. But it does not mean anything until you really represent who you are or represent the fatherhood that you are talking about, amen. But Barnum says in exposition of the church age, he says, we did not become seed by the rebirth we were seed and therefore were reborn, for only the elect can be reborn. The fact that you are born again of the Holy Spirit is not because, is it, the fact that you are born again of the Holy Spirit is because you are a son of God. It's because you are a son of God, because you are an elect, that's why you can be reborn. He continues, says, because we were seed is the reason we could be quickened. In no seed there is nothing to quicken. In no seed, there is nothing to give life. In no seed, there is nothing that can come up to life. And in another place, not too far from the place where he said again, all hold this, this carefully in mind. Now take the next step. Redeem means to buy back, to buy back. It restores to the original owner. God, by his death, the shed blood, bought back his son. He brought back the spoken word, seed bride. My sheep hear my voice. The voice is the word, and they followed me. You, you always wear a sheep. You never wear a pig or a dog turned into a sheep. That is impossible, for every kind of life produces the same kind, and there is no change in species. Species. <laughs> my wife corrected on that, says it's not species, it's species, or I'm trying to make sure that I say species or species, whatever it is. <laughs> English is not my first language, so I'm a French-spoken person, whatever. And, uh, and I'm teaching my children French, and 
just uh, English. Uh, and, and imagine I'm teaching my children English, and they keep telling, Daddy, they don't, we don't say that. That's, uh, and then my little girl, you know how she is, and she, oh, Daddy, oh, I'm so, you're so sweet. We don't say that. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. <laughs> the teacher is learning, so... <laughs> I made you relax, so now we can continue. So, so, as we were in the thoughts of God and then expressed in flesh, there had to come a day when we would hear his voice, the word, and hearing that voice, become aware of our Father calling us and recognize that we are the sons of God. So what is making us to recognize that we are sons of God is the voice, is the word of God when we hear us and the Father calling us that when we recognize that we are sons of God. We heard his voice, prophet continued, we heard his voice and we cried out as did the prodigal son, save me, O my father, I am returning to thee. So the, the recognition of the prodigal son did not make him a son. It's because he was a son that he recognized that I have to go back to my father. Because I'm a son, my, the servants of my father have other privileges than here I'm suffering. Why am I in this situation? I have to go back to my father. He came back to himself and recognized who he was, and he went back to his father. And the father received him. The prophet says again in the message, what think you of Christ? He says, the weakness of the church today is one, the fundamental reasons that we see not going, not more going on in the church, not more, this, the reason, the fundamental reasons that we see no more going on in the church, first thing I, th I think is because there is, not, there is not enough travail of the soul to bring the person in contact with his maker. So the first part is there is no travail of the soul to bring the person in contact with the maker. I pray the ministers bring the people are not bringing the people to something else but are bringing the people to have contact with the maker. Contact with the word of God. Contact with the husband. Contact with the creator. Amen. The ministers are not there to point to a certain doctrine, to point to a certain church, or to point to a certain thing. They have to point to God, the word of God. They have to point to Christ, the word of God. Then he says, another thing is this, is the person who does find God doesn't realize who he is after he has found God. So the second part is, is the person who has found God, does he realize who he is after he has found God? See, you only realize that you are sitting now with Christ Jesus, that many of the people are trying to pass it off to some great, great, some other great age and all healing over in the millennium and so forth and all the miracles over in the millennium. What are we going to need miracles in the millennium when we are supernatural beings? See, how are we going to need those things? Now, the Bible said, now are we the sons of God. We don't have to wait for the millennium to recognize that we are sons and daughters of God. It's now that we have to recognize that we are sons and daughters of God. Now is the present tense, the prophet says. Now are we the sons, not we will be. We are now. We are this morning. We are this very hour. Now are we the sons of God, sitting together, set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now. 
What a marvelous scriptures, amen. May God give us a revelation for what it means more and more, amen. Jesus Christ said in John 12, 32, says, I, if I believe that from the half will he draw all men unto me. And if we recognize that, that Jesus Christ is the one that is the central point of everything, and if we recognize who he is, then we also need to recognize who we are. The prophet continues, says, the biggest fault, or in the Jehovah Jireh 57, it says, but on the election, God chose Abraham not because he was an educated man, not because he was a smart man, but because God saw something in Abraham before the foundation of the world. And that's the reason you are a Christian tonight. That's the reason you are a Christian tonight, because God saw something inside of you before the foundation of the world. It's because, and he says, it's because God saw something in you before the foundation of the world and put your name on the Lamb's book of life. Before the world ever was formed, how are you going to lose? The prophet asked. How can you do it? The Bible said, the biggest fault that I can find with any of the churches, and especially the real church that's born again, they don't know who they are. I'll say the biggest mistake, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to correct the prophet here. The prophet saying, what is, I'm, I'm, I'm going to back up what the prophet is saying here. The biggest problem for a Christian is, before he knows as a Christian, he has to repent. He has to repent and recognize and recognize that his mistakes. And he has to come back to God and ask for the new birth. God, help me to help me, God. May you visit me. May you, my faith, be accepted. And then, once God, when he is born again of, of the Spirit, of the Spirit of God, now the biggest mistake, the prophet said, the biggest fault with the born again Christians, because he says here, yeah, the biggest mistake for the church, especially the real church that's born again is to know who they are. You don't realize what's the privilege that God has given you. It says you are looking for some way off in some kind of a millennium, but that's not one that, that, that but that's that's one that the devil has pulled over you. So what the devil is trying to put upon the, the born again Christians is to put the things of far further in the future, further in the future, further in the future. One day there will be a day when the when the will be growing limbs. One day there will be this. One day the bride will recognize one day one day one day now is the day now is who we should recognize now that's what we should be claiming now that's what we should say God this is my day help me to get where I have to be we know I like the message when the message is challenging us for where we are God, if I don't have enough faith, let me to stay in the word of God so that my faith increases until I can claim what the word of God is saying about me. Not to put it in the future, not to put it in the past only for Brother Barnum. It is also about me. In the book, it is written about me also. He says, that one the devil has pulled over you. Now we are the sons of God. Not we will be. We are now. And every redemptive blessing that the Lord Jesus died for is our personal property right now. Why should you be under the depression? You are a son of God. Why you should be under anxiety? You are a son of God. Why you should be worried about the different things? Don't worry about it. You are a son of God. <laughs> 
Oh, I just think God helped me to recognize who I am. Everything that he does for now we will be, not we will be, now we are. Sometimes we look from where we come from, and that was the end of the quote then. Sometimes we look from where we came from, and you wonder, am I really a son or daughter of God? I will tell you, if you have confessed your sins, you make your life right, and you are born again of the incorruptible seed of the, of the word of God, you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. Sometimes we look at our job, and we look at our situation, and we look at whatever the city is considering as the lowest of the job that we can have, then we are wondering, oh, am I really a son of God? Am I really a daughter of God? Oh, no, I didn't do make a lot of studies. You know, I'm just a housewife. Am I really a daughter of God? <laughs> God is telling you, you are my daughter. I was listening to the new ministry. Brother says, that little head to right. That little head to right. That's just little woman there. But she had something inside of her that you recognize the word for her age. And she said, this is nothing else but the truth. God made her a believer. And all heaven came back to back up our request. Whatever you have need of, I can give it to you. And Brother Bible said, you can ask whatever you have need of. And God will give that to you. If it doesn't happen, I will be a false prophet. And God, whatever she had need of, God came down and fulfilled her need. The same thing applies to the children of God, I believe. Sometimes you think because your TD account is an insufficient fund, fund and you think you are not a son of God or you are not a daughter of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a, daughter, a son of God. I would say one of the privileges that you have is you, you can call God your father. Maybe we don't realize what it means to call God our Father. But you can call God your Father. The same way that Jesus Christ called his God his Father, he was almost stoned because of that declaration. I believe sometimes we take it lightly, but if we get really the meaning and the revelation of what it means to call God our Father, we should not be worried about so many other things. But we should be walking and real sons and daughters of God. The prophet says, anything that was included in atonement is the personal property of every believer. When a man gets saved or a woman, boy or girl, God gives them a checkbook as it was with Jesus' name at the bottom of every check for anything redemptive blessing that Jesus died for. It's your personal property. Can anyone, someone says, it's my personal property. It's your personal property. Don't be afraid to fill it out. The bank of heaven will recognize it. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it. Whatever you ask the Father in my name that I will do, the unlimited, unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ in that promise. Amen. So you are not a visitor in the kingdom of God. You are not a stranger in the kingdom of God. You are not a beggar in the kingdom of God. You are a son and daughter of God, co-heir with Jesus Christ in the kingdom of God. And the bank of heaven will back you up. 
I'm going to back up for a minute here. Could you imagine Adam in the Garden of Eden before the fall? Adam being there questioning the status where he is. Oh, Eve is asking me to move that mountain from this place to another place. Oh, no, I'm not sure. Am I really son of God? Am I? Oh, I'm not sure I can do that. I don't want to change the direction of the wind. Who, who am I really? Let, let me find out who I am. He knew who he was. He knew the authority that was given to him. He knew that God had given that authority to change the direction of the wind. And we should also know what God has given to us. Something is bothering you. Don't try to fight with it with your own strength. Fight with it with the word of God. I am a son of God. I am a daughter of God. The word says by his stripes I'm healed. I will continue to confess what the word of God is saying concerning me. That I'm healed. The word of God says my children will be saved. I believe and I will apply the token. I will claim them and I will continue living. Believing in the word of God. Because now I am a son of God. Now I am a daughter of God. Whether Brother Moses said it or another person says it, because God said it. Amen. The Bible says, Luke 3.38, which was the son of Enos, he's talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of God. Adam was the son of God. But we know after the fall, he lost that privilege of living as a son of God. But it's strange that the Bible still identifies the sons of God in the Old Testament. In Genesis 6 to 6, it says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, and yet his days shall be in hundred and twenty years. They were giants in the earth in the days, and in those days, and after all that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of man, they were bare children, they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. We know that many theologians are referring that, that, that the sons of God were the angels coming from heaven. But we thank God for the prophet. We thank God for the true revelation. So those were the sons of Seth, in the genealogy of Seth. They were the sons of God. Strange to think that how the Pharisees, even though they had the Old Testament, how they've lost even the, 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 the I would say the revelation of the knowledge or the revelation of the knowledge of knowing that, you know, we used to be sons of God. Why, why, why are we condemning Jesus Christ for being, saying he's the son of God? We used to be called children of God, sons of God. What, what's lost between there? What's lost between there? Because, because of the iniquity increase, because, of the, because of, of the people unbelief, because of all the different things, mankind, even though this fallen from that, become, they're losing the position of sons of God, the position of sons of God. But I thank God as even Adam, after he fell, he saw one son of God who could know his position. Adam saw Enoch, I believe, if you look at the time of the days and the age, if I'm not mistaken. You could see Enoch, how he was living so close to God. So close to God. Having faith in God. Living
living a life so clean and perfect with God because he had faith in what God made him. That one day he walk, he was walk, as he was walking and he was not there anymore because he was translating, showing us as a sign that there will be a generation, there will be a time when the sons of God, at the end time when they will receive the message, when they will receive the seven thunders being revealed, at one day they will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and they will be there no more. Now is the time, brothers and sisters. I believe when Adam saw that, he said, oh, I have some hope that one day we'll be restored back again to that condition. Ephesians 2, 13, 19 says, but now in Christ Jesus, he who sometimes were far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby, and came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Now therefore we are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Just want to mention a little bit here about the access to the Father. It says because through him, through Jesus Christ, we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Adam was a son of God. Adam was a son of God. There was no genealogy between him and God. God was his, his father, his direct father, and Adam was his son. They could talk directly to each other without intermediary, without mediation, without anything. I believe that's what Christ is bringing us back to. That we can talk directly to our Father. We can talk because He died for us. For, he died for us to come back to that position of sonship again. That we could talk directly to Him. That what the Bible says, John 1:11 says, He came unto His own, and His own received Him not. But as many as received Him, to them gave He the power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of the blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, and the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. So when you are born again and have the revelation that Jesus God is your Father, there is no genealogy between us and God because God has no grandchildren. God has no grandchildren. He only has children. Amen. You can talk to him directly. When you are born again of the Spirit of God, you can talk to God directly. You have a need. Talk to your father. You have a need. You don't need, you don't need to call a priest to talk to your father. You can talk directly to your father because it is your father. Though Jesus said, I will not even ask one day yourself. You are going to ask your father because he loves you the same way that he loves me. He loves you as well. You can talk directly to him. 
The prophet will say, I don't he didn't have anything to brag on upon the natural tree, family tree that he had on earth because of his family background. But he could brag about one family where he was born on because he recognized that he was a son of God. He was not a son of Charles and Ella Branham anymore. He was the son of God. Amen. He could talk directly to God. So 1 Corinthians 15, 21. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So Jesus paid the price, not that he can remain the only son of God, I believe, but so that you and I come to the same level of maturity that he had by talking to the Father. As Paul said in Romans 8, 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So when he became a son of God, he could talk to the father. The Pharisees wanted to kill him for that. He calls God his father. Today, we can talk to our father, and we have to have the revelation of who we are. John 5, 17 says, just to illustrate how, 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 how it was on that age on Jesus Christ. It says, but Jesus answered them, my father worketh either two and I work. Therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also God was his father. Making himself equal with God. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, verily, very I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what is if the father do, for what things soeth he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. I believe the Pharisees had the revelation of the law of reproduction, or at least they know they had the knowledge of the law of the reproduction, that each seed shall produce of its kind, according to Genesis 1. So if he calls God his father, then he must be God. And because of that, they wanted to stone him. Because if you say he's your father, then you must be God. You have a part of God in you. But if they could stone him about that, think about it. If you call God your father, then his nature has to be in you. His nature has to be in you. You have to be a God too. <laughs> because if you got God your father, you have to be a God too. Amen. I could imagine Jesus could be thinking, of, if, you want to call, if you want to kill me because I'm saying I'm the Father, what if I tell you that in that day you will know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. And in reality, he couldn't even tell them that declaration because it doesn't belong to them. He couldn't even say that declaration in front of Judas because it doesn't even belong to Judas. But he told to his disciples, in that day you shall know that I am in you, the Father is in me, and me in you. In that day, and the prophet says, this day. This day we know that he's inside of us. The prophet says, uniting time and sign. We see the, nation, the nations uniting, we see the world uniting, we see the churches uniting, we see the bride uniting, uniting with the word. Why? The word is God. And as the word, as the bridegroom being the word and the bride being the bearer, the hearer of the word, 
They come together in a union. They unite like a wedding. They're getting ready for a wedding and they become one. The word becomes you and you become the word. Jesus said that that day you will know it, that the Father is, I am, and all I am you are, and all you are I am. In that day you will know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. At that day, what day? This day. We find out the great hidden mystery of God being revealed. Just think about it, that declaration. We have heard it so many times. But let it just go a little bit inside of us a little bit. Just repeat what the prophet says. All that the Father is, I am. All I am, you are. All that Jesus Christ is, you and I, born again of the Holy Spirit, we are him. That's why you could say, you, she, is him. Because you realize that, oh God, it's not me anymore, but the inside of me, it's you. And all you are, I am. And that day you will know that I'm in the Father, the Father in me, I in you, and you in me. So if you are born again, the access to the Father is in you. That's why the Bible could say, or the Word of God could say, deity is not in heaven anymore, deity is in you. Amen. Brother Banham, the deity of Jesus Christ said, that deity is in you. A little while and the world see me no more, yet you shall see me, for I'll be with you, even you, to the end of the world. Christ in the manger, no, Christ in you. Hallelujah. We are not worshiping Christ in the manger, but Christ in you. The Holy Ghost, the hope of life, hallelujah. The creator, God himself, dwelling in the human being. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we shall see him as he is, for we will be like him, the spirit of the human being. As I'm saying this on a Wednesday night, you might be wondering, Brother Moses, the Lord Jesus Christ, we know he came and he was the word, and since the... The Lord Jesus Christ came. All the Christians have been called sons of God. Why are you saying it's special this day? Why is it special on this day? Why it has to be special? I believe it's special because we are living in the time of the manifestation of sons and daughters of God. I believe that it's special because we have to recognize in order to have your authority upon the enemy, you have to recognize who you are. I believe it's important this age to know who we are, not only by saying it, but not looking at what you are. Not, I want this evening just to put a little bit aside all the weaknesses and all the, all the ups and downs and all the different things that go on. Maybe you might be thinking, of, uh, yesterday I, I shouted at someone, I didn't think properly. And they, or, I just want a little bit to put that aside and to look at the word of God. Because it's not about you, it's about the word of God. God, you said, I am what I am, not because of me, but because the word of God says so. And I want to believe what the word of God says so. Because Jesus Christ himself, even Jesus Christ, he had to believe what the word of God spoke about himself. Think about it. The son of God had to believe what the word of God says about himself. How much more should we believe what the word of God says about us? Amen. Romans 8, 19, for the earnest expectation of the creature, whether for the manifestations of the sons of God. Manifestation of the sons of God means that the sons have come to maturity. 
They can now handle the keys of the car, as I said at the beginning. I want you to save some time here. Because in Hebrews 11, 39, 40 says, These all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise. God, having provided some better things for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Just look at that word perfect. is the word tileo, which means completion. Doesn't mean that we don't have mistakes and different things, but it means you have to come to a certain completion. You have to come to a fulfillment of that promise to be done. And I believe the same word has the same root word has been used in Revelation 10:7, where it says, When the mystery of God should be finished, the same root word Tileo comes, we have to come to the completion. So it had the manifestation of the sons of God could not come until now we come to the completion of the mystery of the word of God. Now that mystery has been revealed and we know who we are, now we can be manifested as sons and daughters of God. Now we can declare fully that we are sons of God. Why? Because the seals have been opened. Why? The word of God has been opened. Amen. Before the true manifestation, the sons of God as the earth is groaning for, what Adam lost for, was, before it was before, before the full manifestation, what Adam lost for, lost, must be restored first. The prophet calls it the abstract title deed. So message believer, we know what we need, the abstract title deed. I just want to read the quote of the prophet. He says here, all right, waiting what he's doing. In the hands of God, waiting for the redemption claims, he made a way of redemption, he made a way back, and someday the Redeemer is to take it back. You see where we're getting to now in the bridge? We'll watch this fellow sitting upon the throne, all right, waiting for redemption claims, his redemption. What is this book of redemption? This title deed, abstract title deed, you say, abstract. What does an abstract mean? It means... It is searched all the way back to its beginning. So when you have the absolute title deed, it's searching back all the way to the beginning. Let me remind you that your beginning is not the day you were born. The beginning is not even the day you came to the altar. The beginning is not even the day you were born again. Your beginning is all the way in the thought of God. That's where your beginning is. That's what the abstract title did. It comes to show you where you come from. If you come from God, you are going back to God. And that title did, Adam lost it and it went back into the owner, the original owner, God himself. And the prophet, if you read that message, the bridge is explaining that the title did as he came back to God. But God didn't want to keep it for himself. God wanted to give back to the human being again. He wanted to give back to you and me again. And in Revelation 10, as he comes down, he gives that to the prophet. Gives that to the prophet, and the prophet reveals that to us. And then he tells the prophet again, the prophet has to tell. And then he tells John again, the angel told to John, John, you have to go now and take it from the angel himself. Now you go and take it from the angel himself, and you have to eat that book. Once you eat that book, it becomes part of you, then you can prophesy. Are you with me this evening? I usually have my own interpretation of what is the abstract title deed. And I explained it the other day, but it's kind of made me feel good. But it's just the way I'm looking at it myself, so don't take it, take it for, 
or comment from Brother Moses and not the absolute. <laughs> the price paid on Calvary took away the legal right for Adam upon us, upon our property. Jesus Christ paid the price and he took all, he take all, he took all the legal right of the devil could have upon you, upon us, upon any of us. It's like you were lost, like the microphone was lost, and the devil was holding it like his own property. And then, because the price was paid, he couldn't hold it upon it anymore, because it doesn't belong to him. He doesn't have the legal right upon it anymore. But at the same time, I believe you as a son, you know that oh, this is a property that belongs to a family, but it, the price has been paid for it. But now I need to go and take it that it belongs to you. It has to belong to you now. And then God has to give you the authority to go and take it back as it belongs to you. Even though you know that the devil has no hand, legal right upon it, but you have to have yourself the legal right to go and take it back to you. Remember the, those sons of Siva as they went to, to cast out those devils? And they went there and they prayed, you know, we, we pray, we pray in the name of Jesus that Paul is preached. And the devil looked at them, I, I, I know who's Paul, I know who's Jesus, but you, who are you? They didn't have any legal right to come and cast the devil. So the devil stood there and the devil actually overcame them and, he, and, he, and, and they had to run, run out naked, as the Bible says it. But if they had the Holy Ghost inside of them, if they had the abstract title deed inside of them, if you and I will receive the abstract title deed of that, it gives us the legal right to go now to the devil and tell him, devil, come out of this house. It belongs to me because the price was already paid and now I have the token to claim it back to me. Listen to what the prophet says. Now he has the title deed to redemption, the breach. He has it in his hand. Mediation is down now. He has it in his hand. Remember, it's been in the hand of God all the time. But now it's in the hand of the Lamb. Now watch. The title deed of redemption of all creation is in his hand. It's come to claim it back too for the human grace. Not claim it back to angels, but claim it back to the human. Which it was for to make sons and daughters of God again. So the title, the title deed comes down to make us sons and daughters of God again. To bring them back to the Garden of Eden. Everything they lost, the whole creation, the trees, the animal life, everything else. Oh my, don't that make you feel good? The prophet says, few. And the congregation says, Amen. <laughs> I thought I was tired, but I'm not now, the prophet says. See, sometimes I think I get too old to preach, and then I go to sing something like that, and I think I'm a young man again. Oh, hi, the prophet says. It does something to you. If it did that to the prophet, I believe he's doing something to all of us. Amen. So the title of this was not to stay with God. It comes to make us recognize that we are sons and daughters of God again. So the prophet says, 
And so as we see Jesus, this is where the church crowd lost him when they lost him. Not in their church buildings, not in the way you call it. It's their group of people. They lost him when they left the word. If you abide in me and my words in you, then what you will, it will be given to you. It will be done for you if you abide in me. My words abide in you because it's God made flesh again. He abide in me and my words in you. Then just ask what you will. It will be done for you. That's it. By today, they are not abiding. They are this day, a Methodist, tomorrow, a Baptist, then next day, a Presbyterian, and, and then go nowhere. If my words abide in you, and the word was made flesh, and dwelled among us, hallelujah. Brother Neville, that's so true. Brother one says, oh, glory, I know it. The word made in you flesh, speaking through you. What is that? Is to encourage, end of quote. What is that? Is to encourage you, brothers and sisters, Let's abide in the word of God. And let the word abide in us. Because if the word of God abides in us, if we abide, if we stay in the word of God, if we stay in his love, if we stay in the word of God, stays in us, the word in us will be speaking what God has need of to be spoken. Especially since we have received the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. As the prophet says, when you have God, the word in you, the word in you, and he's insisting the word in you, if you believe the word as you believe God, because it is God, it is inseparable, then you have God's words in you, you have God's life in you, you have God in you, and whatever God's word speaks forth out of you, it will have to come to pass just like it was spoken from God. It has come to pass just like it was spoken from God. Amen. Jesus said, whatever you ask the Father in my name, that will I do. Did you realize what that means, the prophet says? Do you realize if we go before God in the name of Jesus, it's just the same as Jesus himself praying? It isn't me praying anymore. If I come in his name, and he recognizes his name, and Jesus says, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I do. Then I go to the Father in Jesus' name. It isn't me praying anymore. It is Jesus. It is his spirit praying through me. Amen. That's why the Bible says we have received not the spirit of fear, but the spirit of adoption that is saying, Abba, Father. It's not your spirit, it's the spirit inside of you that is crying to the God, recognizing who you are. No, we are sons of God. Amen. Oh, glory to God. The testimony of a true believer, but before he went away, he left a witness, the Holy Ghost. Most of the prophets, most of all the prophets, all down through the ages, way back in the early beginning, spoke of this great witness that we will be in the last days to the church. Our great witness, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is our witness, is the proof, is the seal, is the bona fide right, is the abstract deed to every word God spoke. That's what is it? It is the witness that Christ lives. Because he lives, we live also. It is the bona fide statement. What is the Holy Ghost? Is the abstract title deed to every word God works. If you have the Holy Ghost inside of you, you walk with God. You walk with the word of God. Amen. We have seen that in the ministry of Brother Banam as he was walking. I was just listening maybe to the new ministry. That's why I'm kind of going in this, in this line. Because as you go, as the prophet is, 
is explaining and giving those testimony about the, the, the creation of the squirrels and, and, uh, and, and all the different things and uh, had to write. As going through that, you realize that he's not pointing to himself. He's pointing to the word of God. He's pointing to God. He says, God put those words because he said it. Now I'm saying it. And God has to fulfill those words. Because it's not my words. It's what God told me to say. And the prophet was the wave shift. The wave shift that is being waved upon us to us to recognize that if God did that with the prophet, he will do with the rest of the seed that is staying in the field that has to come to the same maturity. Because that word that was waved in front of us, remember the word, the wave, the wave shift, when it's being waved, it's not waved upon the unbelievers, it's waved upon only the seed of God. So when it's waved upon the seed, it's to give you encouragement that we will come to the same level as the prophet came to the same level of the maturity. Oh God, make that a reality in my heart, Lord. Because as you recognize the Son of God, the message is not, it doesn't become a do's and don'ts anymore. Because you recognize that you are a Son of God. The message is not, not someone has to push you upon on you. You have to come to church. You have to come to church. I'm a son of God. I have to come to church. The message is not come to push upon you. You know, you have to pay the tithes or you have to do this. You have to be nice to other people. That's not the point, God. I am a son of God because I am a son of God. That's why I'm doing those things naturally coming from the inside. I cannot live otherwise. I am a son of God. Do you know why you believe? You believe because you are a son of God, because you are a daughter of God. It's not because you believe that you became a son or daughter of God. It's because you are a daughter of God, a son of God. That's why you believe. <laughs> Glory to God. You did not make yourself Christians. God made you Christians. And if the prophet, perfect faith, perfect faith, the prophet would say, if Jesus, I'm paraphrasing, if Jesus Christ could believe what the word of God says about him and who he was, can't we believe on what the word of God says about us? Can't we believe on what God has made us? He made us Christians. He made us believers. And the believer, the, the faith is the believer inside of you. Amen. Prophet says, God provides a place of worship. We are in Jesus Christ by spiritual baptism, not by water, by spirit. We are baptized into one body, which is Christ, the worshiping place. That being in there, we are being on this ground. It's like the abstract deed. You say, I bought a piece of ground. It isn't yours until you got an abstract. That illustration I was saying. Oh, I bought it, but it's not yours until you get the abstract. But if you got an abstract, it shows that everything was ever against that piece of ground has been stricken off. And then when you become a Christian, accept Christ as your Savior, then when God sends down the abstract, it shows that no matter what your father did, your mother did, what anybody else did, your mother, daddy might have been drunkards, prostitute, whatever it was, every sin is stricken off. You've got an abstract title lead. <laughs> Means you have now direct connections to God, your father. Doesn't go through another generation and different things. You can talk to your father. You are my father. 
And if he's your father, can't you give you the best things that you desire? If you wicked fathers as you are, you give good things to your own children. Can't your heavenly father give you nice things? Can't your heavenly father give you the Holy Ghost? He's more willing to give you the Holy Ghost than you desire to have the Holy Ghost. You've got an absolute title. There's nothing can put you off of it. And look, everything that on the ground belongs to you. Amen. When you are in Christ Jesus by the baptism of the Holy Ghost, every gift of God belongs in the church. Amen. It's an abstract title deed. You, it's yours, belongs to you. It quickens your mortal bodies. Oh, yeah, if you'd think about it. That's why the prophet would say, we are the sons of God. Now, tomorrow night, no, right now. Now we are the sons of God. Now we are seated together in heavenly places. Now is the Holy Spirit here. When? Now. Now we have eternal life. Will you get in eternal life when you die, Brother Banam? Will you go in eternal life when there is a body change? Brother Banam says, no, I have it now. <laughs> the bride is not going to eternal life. The bride has eternal life. We are not only going into the rapture, we are the rapture. We are not going to the resurrection, we are the resurrection. We have already been raised from the creeds and denominations and brought back into the message of the hour. The process of the resurrection has already started. The process of transformation has already started. It's starting to our soul. It's changing our mind. It's changing our habit. And one day, this mortal body will be changed and we will be transported on the other side. Now we are sons and daughters of God. Not in the future, right now. The devil was against Jesus Christ. I believe the devil is against the bride now. Because in the bride coming of Jesus Christ, we recognize now that we are also the sons and daughters of God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. That's the reason you don't love the things of God. I'm winding now because of time. That's the reason you don't love the things of God. You used to love your affection and have changed. You can't live, you can now live above sins. How is that possible? Because eternal life is living inside of you. The prophet says, prophetic his church, sometimes I wonder if God could ever take his gospel and shake you to a place till you will realize who you are and the right that you have, the God-given right. I believe I pray that the message continue to shake us, to shake us, to shake us, to shake us until we recognize who we are. Like in the spiritual amnesia, I don't want to say that the bride has a spiritual amnesia, but if you bear with me, I will say the bride is coming out of the spiritual amnesia. We used to have the spiritual amnesia. We didn't know who we were, but the message started calling us and calling us and calling us, reminding us who we are, reminding us who we are. Then we recognize, oh, actually I'm a son of God. I'm not a chicken, I'm an eagle. I used to be in the, in the backyard there doing the things like the chicken. Then the message came to me and reminded me who I am. Now I recognize God. I'm an eagle. And the message is telling you, come live higher. Come live higher. You can't stay there in the backyard. You can't continue making those things that you're doing and on the internet and different things. You are a son of God. Come up and live higher. 
And as you listen to the message of God, you recognize who you are. It doesn't change you from a chicken to an eagle. It just makes you realize that you have been an eagle all this time. But you have been living under your privileges. Sometimes you know the chicken. Sometimes you run after them and then they, they climb a little bit and they go to a little fence and then they stay there. That's the denomination. By the message of the hour, go beyond the fences. <laughs> Oh, God, help us to go beyond the fancies of do's and that, but to come in that relationship with the mother eagle, with the father eagle, Lord, to recognize that we are living as sons and daughters of God. Spiritual amnesia, that example of that boy who came at the train station there. You know, he didn't know who he was, and he came at the train station, and he came down from that train station, and then they allowed them to walk a little bit around let me tell you, you are, by God's grace, we stopped at the right train station. The train station could have stopped on the different places, but by God's grace, it allowed us to, be, to stop at the right train station, in the right church age, in the right bride age, and it allowed us to stop right there, by God's grace, amen. The world will call it providence, but we call it God's grace. Because he knew ways to stop. And when he stopped there, and then he says, oh, I see something similar there. But he still didn't know who he was himself because he lost his mind. But he saw something similar there. And he was something similar there. And he's walking as he's walking, he's walking. I pray that the message is trying to tell you something similar to you that you saw before the foundation of the world. As, as God asked Job, where were you when the sons of God were crying there? Where were you? As the message is speaking, you start recognizing some of the few things there. That looks familiar to me, this place that I'm going. Where is it? Where is it where I'm going? It looks very familiar. As he's walking, as he's walking, as he's walking. And then the father was there looking for him. The other door looking for him. The message is there. I believe that every time that we are preaching, every time that we are listening to the tapes, the father is there to recognize, to tell you, my son, you are my son. When the father revealed to him who the father was, then the son recognized who he was. <laughs> may, you, may God help us to point to Christ, Brother Manum says, point first to Christ, and then Christ will reveal himself to you and once he reveals to you, you recognize, I am a son of God. Give me five minutes, I will go. Sorry for being lost. Expectations, prophecies. I say, found two classes of people listening on my third time around the world since I've been here. I find two classes of people. One of them is the fundamentalist. The other one is the Pentecostal. And the fundamentalists positionally know their place, but they haven't got much faith with it. And the Pentecostal has got plenty of faith, but they don't know who they are. It's just like a man has got a lot of money in the bank and hand God. Don't know how to write a check, and the next man can write a check and got no money in the bank. If you can ever get them together, that's the you'll have it. If you don't only, if you, they would only realize who you are, you are sons and daughters of God, 
heirs of the kingdom. Right now, we are kings. Claim your legal right. Don't let Satan press, press anything on you. You are of God. He has got no right to hold it. <laughs> Musicians can come, please. Don't let Satan press anything on you. Remember the story of the slave boy in the plantation? As he was there in the plantation, he was there in the plantation, you know, that I like to repeat that story because I like it. Because in this world, it looks like we are that slave in this world because we work, we work, we work, we work, we work. <laughs> uh, we work, and then as he was working there, and the other one came, and there was, there was a buyer of slaves, he came there and looked at them. I want to buy a slave here. And they said, oh, go. And the owner said, go, go in the field and look for a slave. And he went there and looked and looked and looked. And I, he noticed one there. He was working. He was working. I'm so glad I can. I'm son of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Look, that one looks strange. Look at them. He asked the owner. Can I buy that one? Said, no, 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 no. That one is not for sale. That one is not for sale. Let me tell you that what God is telling to the devil. Every time he comes to claim upon you, God is telling, no, that one is not for sale. No, no, no. My daughter is not for sale. My son is not for sale. It's untouchable. He's untouchable. She's untouchable. But I can pay you the double of the other ones. You can even give me, listen to bro, you can even give me the five double of that. The five double, the, the, five, the five times of the price. That one I cannot sell him. It's not for sale. But do you feed him differently? Oh, I give them the same thing. They go to Walmart the same way. They do differently. But that one is not for sale. Why? I used to wonder also why. But then I came to realize that that one is the son of a king. <laughs> because he's the son of a king, he conducts himself as the son of a king. The prophet says, if that slave could conduct himself as the son of a king, how much more you and I, as the son and daughter of God, should conduct ourselves as son and daughters of a king. Young girls and young boy, someone want to joke with you, all oh, different things. No, I'm not for sale. I'm a daughter of a king. I'm a son of a king. Why you don't do different things like others? I'm a son and daughter of the king. I'm a special. <laughs> By God's grace, he made me special. Glory to his name. Still things to do but, or to say, but I believe you. God the prophet says, Let's sing one song. Um, I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. Why don't we stand? There are people almost everywhere whose hearts are all aflame with the fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. It is burning now within my heart. Glory. I'm so glad I can say I'm one of them. 
Oh, 